Since the Sandbox fans, Sir. we are back. This episode is one of our favorites, our Fantasy Beware, mm-hmm. Fantasy Flop episode. So we give you guys our fantasy rankings, you know, 1 through 15, 1 through 10, some ways maybe even 1 through 20. But on this episode, we give you guys the players that you should think twice about when it comes to, you know, draft day, fantasy targeting, and things like that. Mm-hmm. Before we get started with this episode, make sure to go and check out our three-year anniversary giveaway. You guys will be getting some Sense of Sandbox swag along with a $100 Amazon gift card. Go to our Instagram, check out our pinned post to learn more about that. Lou, I'm going to open up the Fantasy Beware up to you first. I know you have some guys. We've been doing this for three, four years now probably, but three years definitely documented with, with the Fantasy Beware. So we've definitely, you know, learned a lot through the years. Kev, I think you're still learning a little bit, buddy, but... <laughs> uh, I've, I've been I've been uh, drafting win- winning organizations since 2012. He has no wins. He hasn't made the playoffs. No wins. <laughs> in, the t- in the time he's been playing fantasy football, I've got five chips under my belt. Five like the Spurs. He's like the Jazz over there with nothing. Kev legit considers him- himself a quality fantasy player when he makes the playoffs in fantasy basketball leagues with 10 people and two of them aren't active. Yeah. <laughs> We no, got listen, robbed I'm last like, year. We I'm got like robbed those, last year. I'm like, I, I would consider myself like a, uh, like, who would I consider myself? I would consider myself. Like the Bills. Always make it to the end, but you don't finish. Maybe, yeah. <laughs> hey, honestly, yeah. Something like that. Lose right. No, I, I wouldn't even say make it to the end, though. I would say, like. You're like the Bengals. You made it once. Yeah. Like Kev's birthday. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Throw back to Kev's birthday. I'm trying to like find a team to compare them to, but I can't. But I'll find one, and when I do, yeah, play. Lou, get us started with your bewares. All right, Miles Sanders. Lou's had a love hate relationship with Miles. Sanders. I love the dude. I love watching him run the football. It's just like they're the only run first team in the league that doesn't use their first string guy in the red zone. Like yeah. last year, it was who was it? Boston Scott, Kenneth Gainwell. Gainwell. Yeah. <laughs> I've Lewis done a, PTSD listen, from Gainwell. Every year he's been in the league, I've drafted him. I've been disappointed every year. Every single person on this list, outside of one, has burned me when I drafted him. <laughs> so stay the fuck away. All right? Just don't do it. It's, it's, all good. it's like it's a horror good. movie when it's like, don't go in there, and they still go in there. Yeah. Don't do it. <laughs> nah, I know. Mean? It's up. like it's like when the horror movie comes on or the commercial comes on, they're like, "Oh, should we run to the open field?" And they're like, "No, let's go behind the wall yeah, and chainsaws." Yeah. <laughs> That's what it is. That's, That's what it is. That's mad also, funny. Don't look up was trash. Yeah. Horrible. Lou, I'm I'm definitely gonna double down with the Miles Sanders. You know, he's someone I've been warning fantasy managers and owners for years now. I just feel like, especially with with the new quarterback situation in Philly with Jalen Hurts. Like, he's going to run the ball a lot, too. So, there's a lot of involvement in there. I feel like their offense will be its best when they're passing the ball to guys Mm -hmm. like Goddard, Brown, and Smith. So, to stay with the running back position, though, somebody that absolutely balled out last year, you know, could have helped won some fantasy leagues, you know, in certain areas. But James Conner, I mean, he had 15 touchdowns last year, Mm -hmm. not expecting that production once again. I don't even know if he'll be the guy in Arizona once again, so... I definitely think he's someone that you should be careful while you're moving forward with. In Arizona, you know, they might take a couple steps back. They might be, you know, the same team that they were last year. But adding Hollywood Brown, Zach Ertz, and then obviously D-Hop coming back after a couple weeks. I'm not trusting James Conner to be an RB2 or an RB3 for me, if you want my honest opinion. Yeah, three's three's max for me. That's like maxed out. I'm going to mention a guy. 
I think that started this whole uh, Kev versus the people war. Christian McCaffrey. <laughs> oh, right? man. That's listen, warranted. Listen, Christian McCaffrey has gone from a short top three pick to a make or break guy. And what I mean by that is if you are to take Christian McCaffrey and he stays healthy, then congratulations, you've struck gold. All right. But how many times can someone strike gold? You know what I'm saying? So just beware, you know. Draft them if you want, but make sure, please make sure you're drafting a lot of depth at that running back position if you are drafting yeah. him. Like um, sure. But if, just beware. If he's there at the end of the first round, you have to take him. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you have to. Like, like, honestly, like, you gotta. Like, yeah. it just is what it is. Like, and you'll live with it. Like, you you will live with it. Like, if someone loses a league because they drafted him at the eighth pick, like, I'm okay with that. No, Like, you sure. can live with that. Yeah. But, like, when you're taking him... Top three. Yeah, you know, yeah. He's going to go in all leagues top five, but it just... Yeah. No, I feel that. Guys, I'm going to go with somebody last year that was a rookie, and they made a huge impact, but, you know, they have even higher expectations this year, and I just feel like it's hard to kind of have that expectation when the team changed so much. This is a big name, but you have to beware of Kyle Pitts. You yeah, have to. I agree. Marcus Mariota throwing him the ball or Desmond Ritter, you know, who's a first-year quarterback, still probably mm-hmm. learning how to be adapted to, you know, the NFL. I feel like, you know, that's really hard. And you're drafting him with the expectations of 10-plus points a week. I don't know if there's another threat on that offense that is going to shy a double team away from Kyle Pitts. No. You know what I mean? There could be a linebacker and a safety. There could be a corner and a linebacker, whatever it may be. But he's definitely getting chipped off the line. And even if he stays healthy all year, how many fantasy-relevant tight ends or wide receivers has Marcus Mariota produced? Zero. So that's just something I feel like you really need to be careful of when you're moving forward, especially with that tight end position. Don't get me wrong. The talent's there. But you need to consider all the factors when you're making your picks. Yeah. Clyde Edwards-Halea, at best, a running back three. At best. Yeah. Their room is as deep as it's ever been. He doesn't stay healthy, and he doesn't do well at the goal line. He screwed me on countless attempts. We've talked about him on the show since he was drafted. That's right. Drafted over Jonathan Taylor. Imagine that. Imagine that. Imagine the Chiefs had Jonathan Taylor. That would be ridiculous. <laughs> Thank God. Yeah, because Lou would have been stuck with CEH. He yeah. would have been miserable. <laughs> Please. Get the out of here. But yeah, no, him, just don't do it. If he's there in the fifth and sixth round and you need the depth, like go for it. But Jesus, he not a running back to by any stretch of the imagination. I'd rather roll the dice on someone on the Pats. Wow. To be fair. Wow. Another guy, and this isn't really a big name, but someone who definitely surprised a lot of people last year, had a big season. Again, may or may not have helped you win a fantasy league last season, but he's in the same boats with Kyle Pitts, and that's Cordell Patterson. Yeah. I mean, he had such a big year last year that I feel like a lot of people might, you know, yeah, give that. Yeah, like they might give that consideration, like if he's there in like a sixth or seventh round and you need a flex guy or something, like, oh, you know what I mean? But again, that team's changed so much, and realistically, he's been in the league so long. And that was by far probably his best fantasy season. So oh, God, yeah. just yeah. to, you know, expect that again out of him, given the shape the team's in, is is really hard. But, yeah, beware for, for Patterson. He's a great bench running back. Yeah. Oh, my God, yeah. Yeah, like if he, like again, like I was telling Steve, I kept him, but I'm losing like a 10th or 12th round pick for him. Like that's, Nothing. that's money. So, but, yeah, no, to take him in the 8th, 7th round just to be like your RB2 or even your flex is very risky. I mean, I, I'd rather roll the dice on a wide receiver who could get four catches for 40 yards. Yeah. All right, guys, I'm going to bring up 
two wide receiver rooms that I think we need to be aware of. And I'm not saying that we need to stay away from all these guys. So I need you guys to listen up really clearly. Two wide receiver rooms in the NFL this year that are either going to take a huge jump or it's going to be real slow. In both of these scenarios, I feel like it's going to be extremely difficult for both of these guys to be this successful. And I've brought it up on occasion, so if you guys are loyal listeners, then you guys guys should know. Kev, guess the teams. One's going to be the Steelers. No, it's really? not. Yeah, it's wow. not. So wow. The I thought two the Steelers were going to be one for sure. The two teams are the oh, Miami Dolphins so and, like, and the Philadelphia Eagles. Guys, yeah. I've talked about this numerous times on the podcast, and I'm not sold that Tua can produce two fantasy-relevant wide receivers, and that would mean for them to be fantasy-relevant, especially where they're getting drafted, both those wide receivers mm-hmm. and Tyree Kale and Jalen Waddle are being selected in the top four rounds. I'm not sold that both of those receivers are going to catch a thousand. You obviously have to default that Tyreek Hill would be the guy to get a thousand if one of them is going to do it. But I think it's really hard, especially seeing like they've had some talent down in Miami, yeah. and Tua is clearly still like a young quarterback. But I just think there's questions there, and I think Flores was a pretty good coach. So if it didn't happen with him, I know Mike McDaniel's a little bit more offensive oriented. But I still feel like there's some questions. And also the Philadelphia Eagles. I talked about this with Jalen Hurts. Last year he had Devonta Smith in his rookie year. And they took some steps. They built some chemistry. Hurts definitely, you know, progressed as as a passer for sure. But adding A.J. Brown to the mix, who... He was he was a really good wide receiver. And Lou, I know you have high expectations for A.J. Brown. So mm-hmm. I'm, not, I'm not sitting here bashing him. If I'm taking these guys, I need to consider everything yeah. in this scenario. Mm-hmm. And... Jalen Hurts is probably a guy that'll pass for close to 4,000 yards if he has a really successful and healthy year. But having A.J. Brown and Devonta Smith both catch 1,000 yards, especially for where they're being taken, I don't know. I feel like you should really have some thought about that and make sure you're very strategic, very specific when it comes to that. So then let's talk about the Steelers wide receiver room for a second. Let's talk about it. Did you have someone on the list? No, I didn't, but oh, I'm, okay. I'm curious because I thought that was for sure. Like, Although Big Ben's been so bad the last two seasons yeah, like that what? it really doesn't matter. So, but what? I feel like they definitely are going to like – I feel like their draft stock's a little down given the situation there and everything. Yeah, like you're talking about Quaypool and Deontay right, Johnson. Right, 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 yeah. So I'm keeping Devon, Deontay Johnson as a fifth-round keeper. I feel like that's a solid pick. And at the fifth round, I do feel like if it comes down to taking him or, like, a Devonta Smith, like, he's a number one option. So, like, yeah. I, I would default to him. Obviously, you know, the quarterback scenario is a little bit messy. But somebody that you didn't mention in that Pittsburgh Steelers wide receiver room. Pickens. George Pickens. He's going to be a he, monster. He's been balling. We know the history that the Steelers had with drafting wide receivers. And they also have Fryamuth, who had a successful yeah. first year as a tight end as well. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of mouths to feed there, and I do feel like Tomlin did that specifically because there might not be a guy that's a dog, but they got a lot of guys right. that can produce. And yeah. if there is somebody that I think will get over a thousand, I do think it'll be Deontay Johnson. I talked about him having, you know, some higher potential than maybe an AJ Brown just because of the amount of receptions that he catches. I think he'll catch more balls than AJ Brown will mm-hmm. on a consistent basis in PPR formats. That's definitely something that you might target, you know, depending on your league structure. But I'd slow the roll on Claypool a little bit. And if Pickens is there after the eighth, 
Lou, and Akipa leaves, that could be a guy. That could be a guy. He's the one pick. I I wanted him so bad to be a Colt. Like, they they took him right before the Colts took pass. So that hurt, but no, he's gonna be a monster. I think he's he's got it all, dude. It just depends if they get the QB right. Like like we said, like it's and I'll say this, two guys that'll be gone in Pittsburgh after the season, Chase Claypool's gone. I think so as and well. And then uh Devin Bush is gone. Yeah. I don't know if you saw his interview, but he was basically like, It is what it is. Really? Yeah, like he had like no self like he did he, he just didn't sound like he wanted to be a stealer. And they Damn. don't tolerate that in, no. in Pittsburgh. So. And that's probably why they brought on Miles Jack. And I have huge expectations for him. But mm-hmm. clearly, you know, Devin Bush, Devin White were both selected in that same draft class. And we know how dominant Devin White has been yeah. clearly to I this like point Bush. for the Bucks. I know. I did too. I thought he was going to be a dog. No, he's poop. He's complete poop. Some magoop. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so I have two guys that are, are going to be, they're both semi-controversial in their own way. And it really depends on everything around them, not just them themselves. So I have Amari Cooper and Waller on the list. Yeah. Waller, it's more value for the pick. I'm not taking him in a, as a a top four round kind of guy. I'm just not doing it with the health. And again, you could say they have more weapons, so they'll spread the ball out. But you have to feed the number one guy. Yeah. And that opens up Hunter Renfro more so than I think it does Waller because he'll get more coverage from linebackers and safeties and things like that. But I think even a guy like Zay Jones will see a little bit of improvement. But Waller, he just scares me. I, I He's a great player when he's healthy, but I'm not willing to take that risk personally. And then with Amari Cooper, it's just 11 weeks of Jacoby Brissett. Yeah, how productive are you going to be? Yeah. Jacoby Brissett's made running backs look good, but he's never been a guy who targets the number one wide receiver with the Colts, with Miami, with the Pats. No number one wide receiver has really flourished. With him. With him, so I, I can't see it. I'm staying away. Maybe, again, as a wide receiver three, if you if you get lucky enough to get him, then the last few games of the season it turns on, and, and you might have the Amon Ross St. Brown of, of last season where he Ooh. turns it on at the end kind of guy. But I, I would steer clear of him. I love Jacoby Brissett. I would love him as my backup any day, but just not with the number one receiver. Yeah. So, yeah. Kev, just before you go again, uh-huh. Lou, just to your point, I think you make really fair points about Amari Cooper. I mean, that's why this cut, this question kind of struck me. But before I get to my question, I will say Monroe St. Brown looks great on hard knocks. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he, he might be somebody that could just be, you know, a wide receiver two or flex depending on how you draft. Mm-hmm. So, Dude, the Lions are no joke this nah, year. No, they're not. They, they're not going to be an easy out like, I don't at think all. So. I definitely at don't all. think so. Uncle Goff! <laughs> but my question with Amari Cooper, right? Obviously, you know, his draft stock his draft stock is really hindered this year, um, just based on everything going on. If you're someone that's in a keeper league format, do you target Amari Cooper knowing that you'll have him at a late pick and Deshaun Watson will be his quarterback all year next year? I would see I would do the latter. I'd target Watson at the end. Okay. And I'd hold on to him all season. Because if you go into next season, let's say one of us does it. As a 10th round keeper. As it even later. Because I don't yeah. think he's going to get picked up That's at all in point. the draft. So say you get him as a 14th round pick out of 15 rounds in a draft. You're going in next year with a solidified top 10 QB. For a nothing pick, that's Who's one hungry, and that's why I want to be in the keeper league. So you bad. are now, thanks to the sandbox, right? League. Yeah, now I am, oh, and I that's why yeah. I'm excited because, oh, wow. like, I feel like you can do stuff like that. Like, I could like, like realistically, I could be sitting there on draft day, right, and be like, "Wow, my team's kind of poop." Like, let me go take Deshaun that way. Like next year, I like you know what I mean. Like you can do like it's almost like running like a real team. Like you that's know what I mean? the and, like, strategy. That's of a why it's league. so yeah. But like, it's I'm, tough. I'm, I'm hyped. No, it probably is draft. tough. Yeah, no, you know I mean you got to take rookies. Yeah. You got to take guys that you know you might not take. And you know? and along with that is 
the year after, you know, because clearly there's everybody available in this draft. But the year after, there's guys that you would expect in round one, round yeah, two, round three, even round six that aren't yeah. going to be there, you know. So that's that's the fun in it. I'm going to go with one more back before I get to another wide receiver. And this is the first time I'm saying it. And I've heard he's looked pretty decent in camp, but I ain't buying it. He's old. He's taking a lot of hits. I still think he'll be productive in this offense. But let's limit the expectations. He's no longer an RB1. That's Zeke Elliott. And I yeah. take him as an RB2 flex guy. But I do think at this point, just going based on potential and ceiling, I think I'd rather a Saquon Barkley than a Zeke. Yeah. Just because I feel like Zeke is going to be a little bit more limited. Tony Pollard's going to be involved. Saquon, like realistically, you could still get 15, 1600 plus total yards. After all that, I'm not sold on, on the Cowboys' offensive line being as good as it was in the past, and also the way that they play might be catered a little bit more towards Tony Pollard than Zeke. Mm-hmm. Another reason why I say that, look at Mike McCarthy's history. Yeah. He had dogs at that running back position in Ryan Grant, but James Starks came in with that same skill set that Tony Pollard had and benefited more than a Ryan Grant mm-hmm. did. So that's just something. Some of you guys might well, be too young Ryan to hear Grant, about I was just gonna Ryan Grant and Cedric Benson. Wow. But come on, Cedric guys. Cedric Benson. We've been doing this shit since the sandbox. Come on. Remember Cedric Benson? Yeah. But what do you guys think about Zeke this year? Yeah, I'll be too with the most. The most. Again, like if he's coming around, like because we have the end picks. If he's coming around in that third round, absolutely. I don't think he'll be there. Again, Steve, this is the dilemma because I would love to get a, a Kamara or a or a Chubb, in, or an Aaron Jones in him, but then, like... You gotta be careful. Then you're missing out on a Pittman, on a Stephon yeah. Diggs. Yeah. It's like, is that really worth it? I know. Absolutely. It's a, it's a hard dilemma. The middle picks, that, and I think the hardest dilemma in, in fantasy football is when to splurge on a QB. Yeah. Because... No, well, Kev's going round one. Oh, he's going <laughs> early. That man is going early. But now, like, how disappointed are you if you get Brady in the 10th round? Nah, I know. Like he might not be the same guy as last season, but like eighteen points a week. Yeah, that's it's a hard dilemma. It really is. Kev, we need to find a scenario that ends up with you getting a Josh Allen tattoo. Just seventeen. Yeah, I mean, if they win the Super Bowl this year, I'm 100 percent getting a tattoo. If you don't make the fantasy playoffs this year, you have to get a tattoo of Josh Allen. Seventeen of Josh Allen. Okay. Going through a table. <laughs> Can I get it of Josh Allen hurdling that dude? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. I love that. Is it going to be a collar tattoo? Yeah. Fuck yeah. <laughs> Fuck yeah. Yeah. Fuck yeah, I will. All right. Yeah, I will. So <laughs> this this is my last question of the Fantasy Beware episode, and I want you guys' help in, in just digesting this question. So two wide receivers in L.A., Allen Robinson, Keenan Allen, both a little bit older in their career at this point. Who do you have more faith in? Who can you trust to be a higher-tier wide receiver? Are one of those guys completely off of your radar? Keenan, no question. Okay. Take him. Keenan Allen, take him, no question. Yeah, I agree. I think Keenan Allen's more reliable. More receptions. Ha- yeah. Career-wise, I think he's just statistically better, you know, stuff like that. However, I will say... And you can call me crazy, but you know what? You guys already have. I think this year, Allen Robinson actually has the potential to have a higher fantasy ceiling. Okay. Just because I feel like, I mean, 
Allen Rob, sorry, Keenan Allen's played with pretty decent quarterbacks his whole career for the most part, and Allen Robinson really hasn't. Like he started off in Jacksonville when they had Blake, like, Blake Bortles. Bortles. You know what I mean? And like, yeah, they had a good season, but it's still Blake Bortles. You know what I'm saying? Then he goes to the Bears and gets Foles, and then obviously this year was um, Fields, Fields and, and then Andy Dalton last year. So he's never really Andrew had Bisky, luck Andrew at the court. Yeah, Andrew Bisky. And I feel like Allen Robinson, like, he's one of those guys that, like, I really feel like never <clears throat> got his chance because of, like, the quarterback situation. And obviously he was still a number one target in both those places. But, like, on a Chicago team where the quarterback stinks and it's a defensive reliant team he like. never really got the opportunity i feel like keenan allen has got at points in their career but i feel like this year with stafford and like again obj not being there obviously cooper cup's gonna have a ton of coverage on him like allen robertson could be a guy that even if you don't start him every week like he could be a guy you start in a flex position like yeah six or eight weeks out of the season that and, and could be productive for you i you think know? when bye weeks come around he'll be a guy that you find to be a, yeah. a little bit more like reliable mm-hmm. and like consistent in fantasy starting lineups i think i think he's going to be okay yeah, I agree. He reminds me of like Wiggins, where like he'll give you twenty, but yeah. you don't know we gave you twenty, and yeah. you're like, holy shit, he's playing it. Yeah, 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 exactly. You know what I mean? I also feel like the big reason why they invested in Allen Robinson with Odell still being an option, just think he is past. Like Cooper Cup hasn't always been the most healthy no. guy. So if that's the case, obviously we're we're assuming that Cooper Cup stays healthy, but if he didn't. Allen Robinson's not going to catch 10 passes a game. Odell will. Yeah. You know? So I I feel like, you know, they just want some consistency. I think Allen Robinson will strictly play that Robert Woods role. Mm -hmm. I agree. I agree. agree. DK. DK Metcalf? Watch out for DK. Okay. Okay. I feel that. That's fine. So do you think you need to be more wary about him or Lockett? I know you guys have had this conversation, but I feel like DK gets selected a little bit higher than Lockett, and I feel like that's like they could probably finish around the same spot. Yeah, like in in years past, I feel like I'm more worried about Lockett. I mean, I'm worried about both of them, but I feel like physically, like just like physical build, DK is a little bit more dominant that he can like come up with a couple more catches a game. Like, you know what I mean? Like if he gets inside position on someone, like – Something like that, or he can go up and get a ball. Like Tyler Lockett's like the like the burn and turn guy. You know what I mean? And with yeah. Russell Wilson not being there, I feel like it's gonna obviously they're both gonna take a huge step back. But DK, I feel like, is a little bit more of like a go up and get it. Like even if who who's their quarterback? Drew Locke. Yeah, that's right. Even if Drew Locke's like Smith. Yeah, like even if Drew Drew Locke like throws it like uh, like up to the sideline in traffic, like DK has a better chance of coming down with yeah. that than Tell him Lou! But I don't think it I see that's I think it's the opposite just because DK's routes all rely on the big play when Lockett's don't. You know what I mean? What are they gonna have DK out here running streaks? I mean not running streaks, but running little crosses, yeah, yeah. slants, like what yeah, yeah. but again, that's not what he does. And he has the less reliable hands. Uh, and he just got the bag, so he has less to worry about. I just think it's more of a make or break for Lockett, and he's older and just, I don't know, man. He needs, I think he needs less to produce when DK needs that big arm and someone to get him the ball. Because we see yeah. games, even with Russ, he would go radio silent. Yeah. And it's tough because he gets played in tough coverage, and you have to think, they play the Rams twice a season. Jalen Ramsey's not going to be on Tyler Lockett. No, he's not. He's not. 
Well, guys, that's going to wrap things up for our Fantasy Beware Fantasy Flop episode. Make sure you guys go and check out the rest of our fantasy rankings. Best of luck in your drafts coming up. And make sure to go and enter in our three-year anniversary giveaway to earn yourself a free $100 Amazon gift card. Go to our Instagram to learn a little bit more about that. You guys know the deal. Leave five stars, and we'll see you real soon. Peace out.